everybody, welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Rissa. I'm Heidi. And this is the podcast where we talk about creepy stuff. And uh, crimey. And creepy and crimey. Creepy and crimey. That should just be our new thing. That yeah. pretty much sums it up. Yeah, you're right. All right, done. Done. Ne- next next thing on the agenda. Yes, it is. Um, it's morning time, which is unusual <laughs> for us for podcasting. It's technically before noon. So I had a like super exhausting work week how about you um actually not too bad i had an exhausting december so that i could have a pretty chill january so that's nice that sounds really nice i think i would probably be not as exhausted if um my husband hadn't generously shared his cold with me oh yeah (laughs) thanks hubby i feel like this whole well I feel like all of 2019, I was trying not to get a cold, and then I finally got it, like, for real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For reals. Well, I turned 34 between last recording and this recording. What? I missed your birthday? (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my God. Wait, when did we record last? I, I don't remember, but it was on Wednesday. I'm such an a-hole. I'm so sorry. I wasn't saying that happy birthday that's what happened to me oh my gosh do you feel ancient yeah i've felt ancient since i was you're an old soul you (laughs) were born i think we both are though it's funny though so just so you know because now like i'm i'm definitely in my 40s i'm up and i'm oh yeah yeah uh i don't know you sort of like mentally feel like you haven't progressed past a certain age i honestly i've been hearing so many people say that recently like saying like you get older and your body feels older but your brain really never feels different no it really doesn't and i remember um one of my good friends who passed well i guess it's been several years now she was a she was my other mama Mm -hmm. um she was in her 60s and she was like kid i still feel like i'm 30 yeah i always say that i still feel like a kid playing house yeah i have to wear you know suit separates to work and i always feel <laughs> like i'm playing dress up yeah i got um inebriated off of some kind of substance the other night and i was a, a little... i like that it's a non-specific substance yeah and it was a little too much and i was like I kept I was like laying in my bed being like oh my god I'm responsible for all this stuff like this is the house that I live in and this is all of my stuff and like how is that possible like yeah I was tripping out on that <laughs> yeah it's weird I was just having this conversation with a friend the other day I'm like I literally created the world that I live in yeah when you're a kid everything's provided yeah whether it's like excellent provisions or shitty provisions visions they're provided yeah and you're not really responsible for say the desk that you have in your room like that's not your responsibility like that's i mean maybe cleaning it but well you know what i mean though like just the idea of it you know i don't know it's trippy (laughs) maybe you have to be inebriated to it probably you're probably able to think much more deeply about it if inebriated yeah (laughs) you're able to to uh swim in it a little bit deeper oh yeah 
it's a little too early for me to think about anything very all right well, hard we can, <laughs> yeah we can move on um i'm yeah i did take my uh stay awake medicine though so i don't we may uh, i'm sure at some point we have mentioned my sleep disorder but oh my god yeah i'm pretty sure we have <laughs> i don't yeah but i don't know if we've ever mentioned that i've actually fallen asleep during podcasting i think i left that in the episode a little bit oh it. did you maybe yeah. i don't remember exactly so if you're new around here i have something kind of like narcolepsy and i have to take medicine to stay awake so it hasn't kicked in yet so we'll see how it goes great well it's no reflection on how entertaining you are <laughs> it's just my body my brain is broken yeah that's fine there's no amount of medicine that can make me entertaining um oh <laughs> Well, sometimes there's no amount of medicine that can keep me awake. Yeah. So, there. All right. Well, so I'm going to continue on with the Ed and Lorraine Warren saga and talk about the Peron family. I don't know if they're really... I mean, they kind of look... The mom sort of looks... Eh, I guess it would be the dad that has the Peron last name. But anyway. I don't have my glasses on, but from where I'm sitting, which is not Peron. that far away... Um, it just looks creepy. I'm going to put my glasses on, though. Oh, that looks like it could be one of my family photos. Right. It's, uh, yeah. My mom was one of five, so this could totally have been ripped right out of our family photo album. Yeah, so this is Carolyn Perone, and if you at home want to see this picture, it'll be up on the meeting minutes on our website, creepyclubpodcast.com. My mom has a lot of similar photos with the little, right. like, church outfits. Cute little coats and hats and things. I have to say, children's fashion has really tanked since then, although it looks much <laughs> more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and so this is Carolyn with her five daughters. Um, That's so many kids. Yeah, it's a lot of daughters. Um, That's a lot of estrogen in one oh. under one roof. Um, in 1971, the Perone family... It's P-E-R-R-O-N. I'm just going to say Perone because it's like Eva Perone from Evita or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say that name sounds really familiar. Why does that sound familiar? It sounds very French. I, yeah. Or maybe maybe Italian, yeah. as they say around here. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so it's Carolyn and Roger and their five daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April. That blonde one looks real unhappy. <laughs> yeah. They um, moved into a 14-room farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Not too shabby. No, not at all. 14 rooms? Yeah. I, so this is the picture of the house? Oh, that's not as expansive as I would have thought. For Maybe there were 14 small rooms. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe there's more on the back of it. I don't know. It looks like it definitely in addition to the original home. Yeah, for sure. Kind of looks like like a house with a utility building like a small church right. added on yeah 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 <laughs> yeah um and they said that i i think the the oldest daughter andrea said in an interview that the, the parents both felt pretty called to this house interesting i love that i think that's a nova parked out in front oh, yeah good yeah. guy um and when they moved in the it seemed like there was local lore about this house because all of their neighbors would tell them to like leave the lights on at night. But okay, they wouldn't really I tell don't... them why. <laughs> that would be alarming. Mm -hmm. I would be like, a either my neighbors 
they know we have a killer on the block. Right. And everybody has to leave their lights on for safety. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, okay, the next victim is the house with the lights off. Like, that's the rule. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't like that. Mm-mm. I don't like that at all. Mm-mm. So, strange things started happening. Um, it started out small and kind of benign, like, um, a broom would go missing or move on its own. I, I don't think they ever witnessed it, like, moving, but they would, you know, put it in one spot and it would show up in another. And I'm like, well, house with five kids, like... I know, that's what I was just thinking. I'm like, there's five kids there, so, you know... And mm-hmm. the kids are full of lies. Right. So it's not like you can ask them <laughs> reliably. Kids are full of lies. Let's they are full. That, well... That's true. That probably should be a button or a t-shirt or maybe at least a ball cap. But <laughs> no, kids are full of lies. Well, when I lived in that apartment with that had all the spooky stuff that happened, that was exactly what happened. But I had so many roommates. I always assumed like right. a, either a roommate moved it or a friend, a visitor. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, I must have just missed the person. Right. So, um... Carolyn would also hear the sound of scraping against the kettle. Like, I'm, like, imagining, like, maybe, like, a fork kind of going across, like, cast iron or something. And she would go in the kitchen and nobody would be there. Scraping against the kettle. Mm-hmm. It's a really specific noise. That is. Well, our cast iron, I'm thinking something must have looked more like a cauldron than a teapot yeah I, that's just what i imagined i don't know what they're either way like. <laughs> random scraping noises not okay yeah uh and then she would find small piles of dirt in the kitchen <laughs> again five kids anything's game <laughs> um reportedly they never felt like threatened or scared by these little small occurrences um and the girls even felt like these ghosts were playmates of theirs. Um, Cindy would share her toys with the ghost children that would come visit her. Um, and they even said, the kids even said that the ghosts would like tuck them in at night and kiss their foreheads. That's and, nice. Yeah. And one of the spirits smelled like flowers and fruit. Oh, that's like a night. Nice, that's right? like extra nannies in the house. Yeah. Um, then the, the girls would also find that their toys would go missing only to find them in strange places later. Like one of them said that one of their toys got like stuffed underneath the bed or something. And I'm like, then again, I'm like five kids. Um, yeah, I feel like five kids covers a lot of this stuff, except yeah. for the being tucked in. My right. my uncle had either a ghost friend or imaginary friend that um, they would set the table and include wow that's cool yeah yeah the uh fake psychic grandma oh she told me that so Hmm. you know maybe she made that grain grain of salt (laughs) yeah totally a great like a box of salt Mm -hmm. and so before they moved into this house all the girls were really close and kind to each other and it and they said that it started you know after all these like ghosty things started happening they started fighting a lot more um so Carolyn decided to research their house and wait, where's Pa? You know, he actually just doesn't believe that this he's experiencing stuff too. Um like he he would um he would go to the basement 
and feel, he said he felt a cold and stinking presence behind him. He just had gas. Yeah. But so he, <laughs> he would experience things, but he also just didn't believe it. You know, like he, he was more of a skeptic. Okay. Um, so Carolyn researched the home and it's been in the same family for eight generations. Um, and many of the people that lived in the home died in mysterious or horrible circumstances. Um, several children had drowned in the creek and one was murdered and a few were hanged in the attic. Oh. Yeah. Oh. There was mm. literally no other. Um, I mean, I didn't. Uh, research okay, this too I was thoroughly, like, but I'm drowned in the creek. You know, until recently, people were like, "I don't know, it's light outside. Get the hell out of my house. I'll see you at dinner." You know, supervision yeah. wasn't a thing, so kids having well, accidents, like, like a... drowning. So I'm like, okay, maybe that. But hanged in the attic is very specific and not something yeah. usually. And I'm looking at this house, and it's definitely, it does not really appear to be a true two-story house it looks right. like that a one and a half story or like the second floor is the attic room where it's got the where you can only walk down the center without right, hitting right, your head right yeah you know it's probably sure. one of those so it there's a full-size well, window on yeah. that second level which makes me think that what they're saying is the attic was probably fully furnished and used this is also a super old home if it's been in the same family for generations and this current picture that we're or the picture we're currently looking at looks very modernized like for the 70s um so we don't know exactly what the house looked like back then i guess it, it would be roughly the same shape maybe without that little addition on the side i don't know but yeah the uh, what is clearly the what looks like is clearly the original home yeah i mean it just uh, my friend a friend of mine has one of those where her and her husband's bedroom is on the second floor and it's a really steep pitched roof yeah so you just have to like i don't know like the watch your head when you get out of bed yeah the edges (laughs) of the room are like closet height (laughs) yeah i've lived in many attics in my lifetime actually and by many i mean two Really? Yeah. When I the first house I moved into after the dorms in college, I had the attic bedroom and it was awesome. It was like huge and it had all these nooks and crannies and I had like two closets and my own bathroom. It was amazing. Oh, but, that sounds nice. But that's also where the the squirrels um got in. That was the house that the I lived with squirrels for a while. Just pets. That was bad. Um and then the house that my parents had bought down in Cape Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in the attic bedroom, and that one was also pretty sweet, although it wasn't as big or as fun as the other one, but it did not have squirrels, so. Um, <laughs> that was a major upgrade. <laughs> it did. I did get a lot of, like, dead spiders in my in my bathtub, but at least they were dead. Um. So, anyway, where were we? Oh, yes. So, um, there was an interview with Andrea, the oldest child, and... Um, she talked about how in the house, sometimes you would get this overwhelming feeling of sadness, which I think is probably par for the course with all these like weird deaths happening in this house. Well, yeah. If anybody told you about all the kids who hung themselves in the <laughs> attic. Yeah. That's like, that's going to be an evergreen feeling. Yeah. 
she said that every morning at 5 15 um i don't know exactly when this started but at some point every morning at 5 15 at the the family would be woken up to the smell of rotting flesh oh <laughs> yeah i was hoping as, when you started that <laughs> sentence i was hoping it was bacon yeah you know or pancakes <laughs> so blueberry nope. muffins rotting flesh that is the best part very of waking up <laughs> is a corpse in your nose <laughs> no that is oddly specific and terrible yeah um and like i said before the dad would go into the basement and feel a cold and stinking presence behind him um, and he said he often avoided the basement, but a lot of times the heat would fail mysteriously, forcing him to go downstairs and check it out. I mean, it's an old house. Come on. Uh, you know. I love that even you are skeptical about some of these yeah, things. Yeah, I, well, uh, so I'm going back and forth about it because, um, I think something did happen in this house, but like, there's, I'm also going back and forth because... It seems like there's a lot of, you know, tropes in this story, but I'm also like, is this the kind of story that created those tropes? You know what I mean? Because True. It's, there has know, to be an origin story. Yeah. And these are also very, very famous cases. Like, this is the story behind the movie The Conjuring. Oh, okay. Um, this one and the Enfield story, which I'll um, talk about in a later episode. I can't episode. say I've watched either of those because I believe right. those belong in the horror section. Yes, they do. Yeah, um, so I'd be like, pass. Yeah, and so... Uh, is it? Yeah, it's the country. Um, yeah, so I... Th- you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it. Okay. So, um, what else? Uh, Cindy mentioned that she... This is creepy. Cindy mentioned that she would hear a disembodied voice telling her that there were seven bodies buried in the walls. Ew. <laughs> oh, I, in my mind, Cindy's the little blonde one, but I'm pretty sure that's Brady Bunch influence. Yeah. Cindy Lou Who. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids would like, kids play, blah, blah. the kids like to play hide and seek. Um, and Cindy wants hid in the woodshed behind the house and she found a wooden box with a lid on it and she climbed in there and oh was, that's a big box yeah i don't know i, w- I was kind of imagining uh, when i was reading this i was like please say it's a coffin please say it's a coffin but they never said it was a coffin so i don't know what it was i think shipping happened in yeah. wooden crates yeah, more frequently than it does now yeah so she started to get impatient and she was like, oh, they're probably not going to find me. So she started to lift the lid, but the lid wouldn't budge. And so she was like screaming and crying and pushing on the lid and um, could not get it open. And when she when she got in there, the lid was like, you know, just setting on top of it. So um, this didn't make sense. And 20 minutes later, her sister Nancy finally heard her and went in there and lifted the lid like it was the easiest thing in the world. Mm. Yeah. Um, so then Carolyn started experiencing a lot more stuff, a lot more like, um, bad stuff. And, uh, she said that there was a woman in gray that would visit her at night with it, with her head hanging at her side. Oh yeah. I'm not sure if that means like it was still on her neck or what. Or she's carrying it like a <laughs> yeah. pumpkin. Yeah. 
Um, or like a football. Yeah. And this woman in gray would like threaten her, tell her to leave or like something bad's going to happen. Um, that's, that's not very nice. So they ended up thinking that this woman in gray might be this woman named Bathsheba. It's the best name. Um, it is. That sounds very, um, like, uh, wait a minute. What's the, what's the Egyptian cat's name? Bastet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good that call. kind of. Good call. Yeah, sort of. I mean, not exactly the same by any means, but mm -hmm. my, my brain connected the two. So there was a real woman who na who was named Bathsheba and one one source said Sherman, one source said there, so who knows. I was going to say Sheba, what would be the origin of that name? I have no idea. Um but she lived in that farmhouse in the mid 1800s. Um she had four children, three of whom died, which was common for that time. Yeah. That's not particularly creepy. That's just medicine has yeah, not advanced this is all very kind well. Of stuff that I mean, it, I I tend to think that Bathsheba was just, like, a victim to that, like, you know, we don't like her, she's a witch kind of thing. That was exactly what I was just yeah. thinking. I was like, she probably had, you know, farmers with pitchforks on her front. Yeah, so the, the local legend was that she was a witch and she had been granted youthful beauty by the devil who... Um, with each passing child, her age freezes. <laughs> well... It's just like Hocus they Pocus. The, they said that the price that she paid for it was she was turned to stone upon her death. And I'm like, that's not that bad. Like, I would take that deal, right? Yeah, who like, cares? Who cares what You're I You're dead. Yeah. You make me into whatever you want. <laughs> you can turn me into, like, a rubber Gumby for all I care. Yeah. I'm dead. Um, and that she was also condemned to torture people after she died. So that was like, I okay, but that's not can, great condemned to torture people that's yeah. a weird punishment right i feel like condemned to mop the floor <laughs> that would be punishment or condemned to like eternally match socks yeah that would be my nightmare mm -hmm. you know but to torture people i don't know at some point i think you'd find some sort of sadistic pleasure in it right it wouldn't be punishment anymore you'd yeah, be like you're a witch yeah yeah you'd be rubbing your hands together plotting your next evil deed yeah. i don't think that's punishment i disagree she was also accused of sacrificing an infant to satan by stabbing it in the neck with a knitting needle okay now that is not a very nice image right did you ever see that oh god what was the oprah movie oh beloved mm-mm Okay, well, don't. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Okay. I was in, I don't remember who I went to the theater to see it with anymore. It's been too long. It was quite quite a long time ago. I'll, ha I'll, I'll Google it while we're talking about other stuff, but um, I'm, I'm just going to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> but at one point, one of the ma, uh, the, one of the characters decides that she would rather kill her infant then sacrifice it to slavery and so oh. she slices the neck of her infant oh my god that's dark uh yeah i you know there's some things and i'm ruining it because i don't think anyone should have that image in their head yeah i think it's horrible but the one thing i do remember about going to see this movie is that um someone had brought 
their like grandson to the movie with them who was maybe elementary school age and it was one of those it's one of those movies that has kind of an there's the plot feels kind of abstract Mm -hmm. and every once in a while he would be like i don't understand what's going on and really vocally vocally (laughs) articulate this thought yeah and i would be cracking up because i was like me either kid like i have no idea what's going on i think it's it was a tony morrison book Mm. which it doesn't feel i don't know anyway but there was this thing it'd be like beloved i don't know it was really creepy okay anyway don't watch it because infanticide infant is that how you say that infanticide yeah i think so yeah anyway it's the most horrible anything where baby killing yeah no here here at creepy club we are very much against baby killing agree for any reason well i'm just generally opposed (laughs) to killing live beings yeah um and we've discussed before you know the jeffrey dahmers the ted bundys i'm not really sure what to do about them yeah uh i'm kind of inclined to like small island let nature work it out right because lord of the flies yeah i don't i wouldn't want to be the button pusher or like can we just keep them in a lab yeah yeah so um so she was accused of this of sacrificing this infant i can Um, see why her neighbors would not be a fan one source said that she never went to trial another source said the evidence didn't hold up in court either way she wasn't convicted of anything um there's no evidence of that at all that sounds like that sounds like some neighborhood rumor there's no way if somebody killed a baby there wouldn't have been a trial right. especially at that time if there was even like a scrap of circumstantial evidence they would have burned her at the stake yeah so um she was buried buried in the baptist cemetery in downtown harrisville near the perun's house and i have a picture of her gravestone um says bathsheba okay so it is bathsheba sherman i don't know why it says there maybe the movie is there i don't know because she's so Bathsheba is depicted in the movie as the ghost that's haunting them. Um, and so, and, and there's no real, like, I say evidence in a loose term, but there's no real evidence that the spirit that was haunting them was Bathsheba. It was just suggested, I think, by Lorraine Warren. Um, but the spirit kind of thought that she was the lady of the house because she, like, would antagonize carolyn a lot um it said that she was like jealous of her beauty and she wanted she wanted to be with her husband so she would like pick on carolyn and and then be like nice to roger (laughs) wow yeah um oh and then so carolyn then got this mysterious stab wound in her leg it was like perfectly circular kind of like if somebody stabbed you in the leg with a knitting needle I, this theme is <laughs> yeah and mm. lorraine warren was like that's proof it was like beth sheba took her knitting needles to the grave and now she's taking it out on you or whatever <laughs> like, i think um, she's making a lot of mental leaps here because <laughs> a spider bite would also drill a hole in your yeah. leg as a matter of fact my friend who has the attic bedroom mm-hmm. was recently bitten by a brown recluse yeah i think you talked about that on previous episode oh did i okay Mm -hmm. well you know my memory shit so unless you remember i don't (laughs) (laughs) um but i'm like your external hard drive 
Kind of. <laughs> yeah. You're my Toshiba uh, one terabyte extra hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I have at home. Yeah. Um, but when you get bitten by a spider, it does kind of drill a circular hole yeah. into that space because the flesh becomes necrotic. Mm -hmm. And um, I know you get grossed out easily, so I won't show you the pictures. But No, I don't want to see the pictures. You can describe it. You know I love all things medical. <laughs> I've okay. seen pictures of brown recluse bites. Like, it's it horrifying. It is. For being such a tiny little creature, mm -hmm. they can really do some serious damage. Hers went from, she ended up making like three or four different trips mm -hmm. um, for care because I don't, that it ended up, she ended up getting a staph infection mm. from the bite. But yeah, it like, people can end up with some pretty significant scars and they're usually kind of circular shaped. Mm -hmm. So I'm calling spider bite. And okay. also knitting needles vary in size tremendously yeah and they You've don't got really have that sharp of it like you you would really have to yeah i mean they're not a, a force to like really pierce skin with it. it's not like an all where it's the intention is to make a hole right it's not pointed on the end it's it's pointy but it's rounded yeah i feel like they would be never allowed on an airplane yeah. If they were that pointy, because... Maybe knitting needles were more dangerous back in the 1800s. Well, that's true. Maybe they got whittled. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Carolyn felt like she was being gaslighted by the ghost, like things would disappear around her, making her feel like she was insane. And she would get physically drained, or she felt physically drained all the time. Well, gaslighting is physically draining. Yeah. So that's understandable. Um. And Roger, on the other hand, he experienced gentle caresses and innuendos which how do you get an innuendo from a ghost i don't know <laughs> maybe that was really the root of the problem because if i would feel gaslit if my husband was telling yeah, me no, he definitely was like you're crazy like he was he did not believe that there was a ghost in the house well being constantly dismissed yeah i think maybe he was contributing he to was the, the gaslighting <laughs> well and then he's saying like I'm so sexy that the ghost hates you, but it loves me. Yeah. It's trying to touch my junk. <laughs> oh my God. I was watching MasterChef with my husband before I came over here, which P.S. Baking looks super hard. Just side note. Okay. Um, but this guy picked a cake and he was like, I figured it was time to nut up or shut up. I was like, that Ew. is the most disgusting expression I've ever heard. <laughs> and I never want someone to ever say it again no. in the vicinity of food. Yeah. Gross. And like on TV. Uh, I was on. like classy. Right. So if you currently, if that is in your vocabulary, I would like to make a special request that you never utter those words again. <laughs> Yeah. You can use all the F-bombs you want, but just that particular phrase. I the phrase was like, put up or shut up. I don't know. Well, I think if you are, as we would call Hoosier around here, <laughs> or um, in the rest of the country, I believe they would just say like kind of a low class individual mm -hmm. instead of put up or shut up. It's nut up or shut up. Yuck. So this is where the Warrens enter the picture. So the Perrone's family friend Barbara, Barbara, <laughs> it's early. 
Wawa so, Walters. So Barbara, <laughs> Barbara had heard about the Warrens and um, they were kind of in the vicinity of, you know, like, um, what's that called? New England vicinity. And went, she went to the see hood. them. Yeah. She went to see them in a nearby town and met them and told them about the, what trouble the Perones were having at their house. Um, <clears throat> so the Warrens became interested in that and they came over and did a bunch of investigations. They, they would like, they did a, a whole bunch. Um, Carolyn was stoked for someone to actually come there and like believe her. Well, yeah, because um, she's getting gaslit by her husband all yeah, the time. And her husband was not happy about that. He's like, I'm too sexy over. for my pants, but yeah. they did, hate you. Yeah, he was kind of mad that they were bringing this like third party into the house. Um, and, you know, he needs oh, to. Oh, so believe. he was one of those guys. He was like, this is my castle. I don't know. I mean, I just think that he was like, this is all bunk, you know. Um, And then so Lorraine performed a seance and um, Carolyn reportedly got possessed by this Bathsheba spirit and she started speaking in tongues and she, you know, I hate that. Yeah. And she levitated like in her chair Um, and the oldest child Andrea says that she had like secretly snuck down into the basement to like watch the seance um and which I totally would have too and uh she said she watched all this happen she saw her mom speaking in tongues she saw her mom levitate in her chair and then she also saw her being thrown across the room that's how old was this person when that happened uh I have no idea Mm -mm. I don't really know the timeline or how old these kids are I mean I'm not sure when that picture was taken, but I, I I got the sense that she was maybe like early teenager, you know, like okay, so old enough that like her her imagination may not be totally overactive still. Yeah, yeah. Because you know they say like visual proof is the weakest proof. Mm-hmm. Like this is why people tend to be um, as jurors first person accounts. Yeah. Or kind of weak. Yeah, yeah. You know, people tend to misremember things. Totally. Um, and I think the younger you are, the more likely you are to add extra details. Mm-hmm. But if she was that age, I would think that it would be... Although, I don't know. I just feel like people are so impressionable. Oh, yeah. And if you have this famous ghosty person come to plant the seed... Like, don't you remember when that happened? Right, right. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it would be really easy, depending, especially depending on the personality of the child, that you could very easily plant a memory. Yeah. So, um, in the movie, the the movie culminates in Ed performing an exorcism, which... Uh, instead of the seance and (laughs) Lorraine Warren said exorcisms have to be performed by Catholic priests so they would never have done that (laughs) I just thought that was a funny detail I think that that's something only a Catholic would say yeah Um, I mean they did just have that whole Vatican conference on exorcism yeah that was what the beginning of last year that worldwide conference the worldwide gathering in Vatican yeah, I City. Think we talked about that. We did. Yeah. I actually remember that. Um, but yeah, there was, <laughs> I, it's unusual for me to remember things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, there was a worldwide gathering in Vatican City mm-hmm. um, because, you know, my uh, former people like to, they like to pinch their pennies so they can keep their yeah. city. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have some more money, please? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're so poor. Yeah. I mean, we have our own city. Pay no attention to that. <laughs> we're the only religion that has its actual own city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had that big conference because there's been an uptick in requests for exorcisms. Which, I just feel so conflicted about that because I'm like, okay, so I have this condition that's very similar to narcolepsy. We'll just call it narcolepsy because that's easier, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's just a scant bit of difference between my condition. It's just, let's keep it simple. If this was 100 years ago, people would just say I was possessed. Right. Or like anybody with like schizophrenia you know bipolar right someone's having a manic episode and they're they're not thinking oh well perhaps there's a problem with the amount of like serotonin or dopamine that's produced in their brain or you know they're not thinking of some sort of biochemical reason they're like she's a witch it's definitely (laughs) it's definitely a demon yeah i mean like i think for myself with my episodes where I just I'm I mean you've witnessed it yourself mm-hmm. I don't know what my face looks like because I can't observe it mm-hmm. but it's been reported to me that my face doesn't look normal right before I pass out yeah what does it look like um like you're really spaced out and that you're like like uh it's hard to describe like does it look like i'm having like i'm about to have like i'm having a mild seizure or does it look like i'm drunk drunk more drunk than anything like it prompted me to be like are you okay like you you looked you looked in distress but not like in a frantic way like in a like uh oh i just the 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 cookie just kicked in or whatever you know what i mean (laughs) Like the like, I took a bunch of shots yeah. and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, something. That's like how that. it feels to me. Yeah, because I don't get, I don't get a lot of warning. Yeah, like it, which is why I have to stay medicated because initially the thing that drove me to go to the doctor was that I was falling asleep at stoplights. Yeah, and I started getting this overwhelming. I would be driving on the highway, and like digging my fingernails into my hand because this feeling of sleepiness would attack me that's how it felt yeah so anyway my point is that as an observer and one time a friend told me my face looked like it fell asleep one half at a time (laughs) (laughs) like yeah one side of my face went soft Mm -hmm. and the other side was still looking at her like i was following the conversation and then lights out for all of it yeah so it doesn't always follow in an exact order. A hundred years ago, people definitely would have been like, <laughs> she's possessed, not yeah. she has a tiny lesion on her brain that causes this disorder. Yeah. But I just think I would have been burned at the stake for sure. Yeah. I have so many like weird neuro conditions. Mm-hmm. People would have been like, possessed, demon. Yeah. And so I think what you were saying was about the like exorcism, like the rise in exorcisms being performed. And I, I, yeah it's weird that now you know now with all the advancements and in psychology and all that that we would still be requesting 
exorcisms, but I also think that it's it's like an interesting like uh what are the what do you call that when you're just uh, like a when you're just a, a, a like thought experiment to like think about how the placebo effect works and how like you know logically we can say you're probably not possessed with a demon but if you get an exorcism maybe it feels like something leaves you you know like your brain thinks that and you know what i mean well I, and then i think about how certain you know the the dsm is not perfect right right it's basically it's essentially a checklist like if you have x number of symptoms for this duration then you qualify for this diagnosis mm -hmm. congratulations um but that is just for like north america there are certain cultures where they don't recognize certain disorders oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like some illnesses are culture bound mm -hmm. and some cultures they just accept those we'll just call them neuro differences mm -hmm. in behavior yeah they're just like i don't know they're just different well, and isn't it's there, not a sickness some cultures where the where like something i don't know if it's exactly autism or or what but it's like oh this is the shaman now you know like you were born with these powers and so like oh well people who are gender fluid within native american cultures have been revered as shamans yeah and it was considered so I don't know specifically which tribes subscribe to this theory, but it was definitely more than one. Yeah, that's and I think it still exists where people who were um, either, I'm not sure if they would be considered gender fluid or trans by today's definitions, but they didn't clearly present as masculine or feminine. Mm -hmm. They were considered to be like very special because they were able to equally embrace the male and the masculine yeah, and yeah. feminine. Mm -hmm. And it's still a binary perception that like male, you know, so I guess it wouldn't be gender fluid because that would be some sort of acceptance that there's like more androgynous than just, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and I've seen pictures of people. I mean, it almost like it would, it would look to me more what we would probably refer to as someone who would be trans today yeah makes but, sense or yeah but anyway the point is is that people weren't like oh they have the devil in them or there's something wrong with them they would think they're really special because yeah. they can embrace all of the emotions masculine that are identifiable as masculine and feminine and this is someone to be revered they're not a weirdo they're yeah. awesome yeah which i prefer that approach yeah, yeah. i think I, that if too. you can if you can um let's celebrate our differences i'm down with that well yeah. and i think if you can reject like internally reject all of the messages that tell you because you are born a biological sex that you should be presenting in a certain way and you should behave in a certain way if you're able to overcome that and just be who you truly feel that you are however that looks 
that's a pretty significant accomplishment. Right. I mean, I don't feel... I definitely feel feminine, but I wouldn't say that on the spectrum of femininity that I feel super feminine. Yeah, same. Like, if within, you know, like, um, like, I don't feel like a lip sticker, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't identify with that. I feel like I'm probably warmer to a tomboy category mm-hmm. where, but there's no sports involved. Yeah. i'm not i'm not athletic but i like athleisure wear so we got way off track um after the seance uh roger feared for his wife's mental stability and he decided to kick the warrens out well i think that might be fair i think that roger might be a bit of a gaslighter i'm not sold on him but i don't know if i'd want these Right. These fruitcakes in my house. I mean, it was. De- it seemed like definitely that Lorraine was feeding into Carolyn's, you know, fears and like. Well, defining- and they seem I mean, like was the one that, grabbers. She was the one that suggested that the spirit was Bathsheba. You know, like there was no, you know, they didn't like do a Ouija board session or something and like that spelled out Bathsheba or anything like that or like. Are you it, saying bath or bath? Bath. Bath. I mean, like- that's how it's. That's how it's uh, spelled. Is B-A-T-H. oh, like a one, a one name, like a Madonna. Yeah. Hmm. Well, no, I mean it says wife of Judson Sherman on her gravestone. So I mean, I oh, so Bathsheba, Bathsheba Sherman would have been her first name. Yeah, that's a. I would think by any standard, a really unusual name. Although I have a descendant whose name is Cinderella. So what? <laughs> Evs, and it predates Disney. Um. Wow. Yeah, so who knows? My mom, I don't know. White people are weird. I think Bathsheba is one of those names that my mom told me that she wanted to name me because, like, my my grandma had suggested a name for me and my mom hated it. And so she was like, well, I'm just going to name her Bathsheba or something like that. Okay, I gotta... Let's... Can we pause? I need to know the origin of this name immediately. Okay, so I was thinking Egyptian, but I was wrong. Biblical. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. It's... A girl's name of Hebrew origin, daughter of an oath. Popular with Puritans, this this name of shrewd, this name of the shrewd and beautiful wife of King David and mother of King Solomon could be a bit of a load for a modern girl to carry. Bathsheba is the name of the central character in the Thomas Hardy novel, Far From the Madding Crowd. I do not have my bifocals, so... That may not actually be the title. I can't read. <laughs> and there's a Harry Potter character named Bathsheba Babbling. Really? Ancient runes professor at Hogwarts. Okay. Um, so it is, I'm guessing, so that would be, it's an Old Testament name. I was thinking, I don't know, in my mind I was thinking Cleopatra connection, but I clearly made that up. Okay, one one more Bathsheba, also spelled Bathshebe in the Hebrew Bible, so in the Torah, 2 Samuel 11, 12, 1 Kings 1, 2, wife of Uriah the Hittite, she later became one of the wives of King David and the mother of King Solomon. And there's like the whole song of Solomon in the Bible. Mm. Bathsheba was the daughter of Eliam and was probably of noble birth, 
a beautiful woman, she became pregnant after David saw her bathing on a rooftop mm. and had her brought to him. Mm. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. David then ordered that Uriah be moved to the front line of a battle where he was killed. Nice. <laughs> nice. David married the widowed Bathsheba, but their first child died as punishment from God for David's adultery and the murder of Uriah. Why punish her, though? Right. David, well, you know, it's well, the woman's yeah. fault. Always. Eve. David repented for his sins, and Bathsheba later gave birth to Solomon. When David was dying, Bathsheba successfully conspired with the prophet Nathan to block Adonijah's succession to the throne and win it for Solomon. She occupied an influential influential position as the queen mother. So, very powerful name, and um, I can't, I'm a little rusty on my Old Testament. I don't remember what the Song of Solomon is about, but I just okay. know it's in the Old Testament. Anyway. Well, y'all can look that up yourselves. Um, yep. So, the Perones lived in the house until 1980. And there are a lot of sources that were like, you know, why didn't they move out sooner? And it was because of financial instability. And like, duh. Like, I was like, <laughs> you have five kids. You have like yeah, four, like, four extra cents to your name. Yeah. Everyone's eating rice and milk. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What did the what I'm assuming she was a homemaker, just given the time mm-hmm. and the fact that they had five. I don't. Children. If you're gonna ask what Roger did, I don't know. Mm. Farmer. Who knows? Um. So two of the girls moved out as soon as they possibly could because of these hauntings. Um, Andrea peace. And there was like a real um, long line at the bathroom. Yeah. Um, Cindy, after graduating high school, she told the ghosts she like one day she was like, "Do your worst," and she was like leaving the next day, and then apparently she just ran away from the house <laughs> when she was leaving. I don't know. Um. And then the man who moved in after the Perones moved out, he would he started renovating. Oh, so they did finally move. Yeah, they moved out in 1980. Um, the man who moved in after started renovating the house, and apparently he like ran screaming from the house, leaving his tools and his clothing and his car there. <laughs> um. And whoever owned the house... very dramatic. Yeah. Whoever owned the house left it vacant for years. One of the sources said that the people that owned the land, like adjacent land, owned the house. I don't really know. I don't know if the Perones were renting or what, but anyway. Maybe they sold it real cheap because they were like, I want a GTFO. Right. So this... um, so after the movie, uh, or w- while the movie was filming, the family was asked to visit the set. And Carolyn, she was going to go, but then she changed her mind at the last second. And everyone's speculating as to why, you know, like, oh, maybe she didn't want to dig up the past or whatever. Um, Andrea, so this is a weird, I don't know if this is, um, if the article I was reading had a typo in it or something, but... Um, it said that Andrea claimed that a rogue came out of nowhere and swept through the facility, knocking down everything in its path. I don't know what that means. Okay, like a that. wind or something? Can you read that sentence one more time? She claims a rogue, like R-O-G-U-E. Okay. Came out of nowhere and swept through the facility, knocking down everything in its path. 
um, cameras, lights, people. Um, and, it, and then it says the family assumed that the wind was Bathsheba's curse. So I get maybe a rogue is a name for like a strong gust of wind or something. I mean, usually they say like somebody went rogue. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know why. I've never, I've never heard, heard rogue yeah. as like an entity yeah. of its I, own. And if I cared more, I would have looked it up, but I didn't. Um <laughs> And so we believe in transparency and honesty here on Creepy Club. <laughs> so I think, that, like, I just from context clues, it sounds like it's a big gust of wind. And so the family was like, oh, that's Bathsheba's curse. And apparently, at the exact same time that this wind happened, Carolyn fell and broke her hip. Um, and she claimed that, like, when she was in the hospital, she was claiming that Bathsheba didn't want to be exposed. And so that's why she did that. Okay. Um, so the current owner of the house, I, I, as far as this, as uh, recent as this article, I'm not sure if it's up to date or not, but who cares? Um, the current owner, Nancy Sutcliffe, purchased the home in 1987. And she's like, this house ain't haunted. I don't know what they're talking about. And she ended up, after the movie came out, she ended up suing Warner Brothers because of all the unwanted trespassers on her property. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I'm on, I'm on Nancy's side. She got this, like, fancy security system, too, to keep people away from her house. It's like, shit. That, I don't that would blame suck. her. Um, so, the friend of a friend that owns the house where the exorcist supposedly happened. Oh, yeah. She gets a lot of drive-by visitors. Yeah. Because you don't have to try very hard to get the address. Yeah. Like, it's not the first hit on google if you you know go looking for it but it's also not super difficult I mean, to find i'm pretty sure i found the address in my research when we did the exercise. yeah it's not super hard to find and it's also hard to get rid of stuff like that yeah. like once it's out there yeah um so she does get unusual visitors but mostly they're not knocking on the door they're driving by fortunately they're scared shitless for the most part so yeah. they just look at it and run away but she's like the nurseries in the room supposedly where the exorcism happened and everything's fine yeah like so um so like i said i think something did happen in that house i mean the the five girls who are now obviously adults are still pretty traumatized by the experience and they they, there's still some details that they refuse to discuss. Um, and the stuff that they do talk about, they speak about it with great hesitation. Is the movie supposed to be any sort of realistic representation of what actually happened? Um, I or think, is there a lot of creative liberty? I think that people... So, according to the Warrens, it's pretty true to life. Wow. But I think that... I think it probably That's like not. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker saying something's real. Yeah, I I haven't seen the movie, so I can't tell you how fantastical it is. But there's, I mean, there were pictures that came up of the movie that in my research, and it was like of the Bathsheba ghost, and it was definitely like this old witch kind of looking woman. And you know, I don't think that the apparition ever appeared to them. I mean, at least I'm still confused of, about her hang head hanging by its head. Like, yeah, I in know, my mind, yeah. it's like on a hinge and just sideways, yeah, or something kind of grudge like. I feel like that would be creepier than her just like holding her head. I don't know. Yeah, like um, 
Yeah, uh, that j- just holding her head like it's a pumpkin. Yeah, or I something. forget that. Yeah, she did see the apparition, so I don't know. Hmm. But mm. no, I'm sure. I'm sure it's dramatized. I mean, if if it wasn't, it, it well, Hollywood's really involved, so <laughs> and it's not a documentary, right? So I'm sure it's somewhat. Yeah, I'm a little tempted to watch it, but maybe I'll just pause if it gets too scary. I mean, a lot of people really like this movie and think it's really scary. So I'm I want to watch it too, just because of this research I'm doing. But I'm also. Maybe if we watch it and we just like we hold hands, ten minute breaks, and like dance or something. (laughs) Yeah, we could play that dance dance revolution game again. Yeah, Yeah, we have like happy breaks where we watch Garfield cartoons or something. Or what's that? Oh, Simon's Cat. We could watch Simon's Cat videos in between. Be like, ooh, it's getting too scary. Simon's Cat time. (laughs) Um. Also, they're they're apparently the kids stories line up when they're questioned separately you know i don't know how how much evidence that is of something actually happening but it could be um and the kids left as soon as they were able to something happened in the house who knows what it was is the moral of that story well is there um any sort of record of these children actually being hanged in the attic Apparently there is, but I, you know, I didn't, I didn't go gonna, too far. I wasn't going to dig that deep. Okay. Um, I kind of, so if there was weird stuff happening in this home, there's five girls. They don't look that far apart in age. And you know, the old like trope of poltergeist activity being, you know, extra energy being expended off of like children going through puberty. And a lot of times it's women or girls that this is happening to. And so you get five girls around the same age, you know, maybe one or two of them are going through puberty, like a lot of extra energy coming out. Mm. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. It's a good good of a theory as any. (laughs) And there's nothing more fun than punking your sibling. True. So. That's true. So that is the Perone family haunting interesting yeah well yeah even though you know i'm very generally very anti-horror movie i am slightly tempted to watch this one as long as i can have enough maybe after i do the enfield um poltergeist episode we can watch it because apparently it's kind of a blending of those two stories of this one and the enfield story okay um i have you know what we forgot to do at the beginning was uh creepy corrections conclusions oh yeah we haven't done that in a long time yeah because we've been perfect (laughs) obviously (laughs) (laughs) so i looked up oil battery oh okay and um the assumption was correct it is i sent you a picture do you have your phone uh yeah i texted you a picture because i tried to add it um to the notes for my phone and i couldn't so to see if you could add it yeah so it's kind of as we suspected yeah they're these large tanks that crude oil go into and they look kind of like mini grain silos yeah and they do definitely have ladders so that would for sure explain why he didn't attempt to carry his adult wife up to the top of it yeah yeah gotcha 
anyway, so um, great. Yeah, that's that's the only one I have. It not more of a clarification than a reaction. Right, just right. that our hunch was on the right on the right track. Sorry about that rumbling. It was a poltergeist <laughs> or possibly the stool. Well, we would like to thank Braid and Henzie for our intro and outro music. Um, if you have any stories or um, experiences that you would like to share with us, we would love to hear that. Because as much as it's as as fun as it is to research these well-known um, ghost stories, it's way more fun to hear them from you. So please send those to... You can either tweet us at creepyclubpod or you can email us at creepyclubpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash creepyclubpodcast. You can follow us on Instagram. You can slide into our DMs at Creepy Club Podcast. Um, you can follow me at Rispoomba. That's R I S B O O M B A H. Or you can follow Heidi at Creepy Club Heidi. Um, to see the pictures of the Perone family in their house and Bathsheba's grave, you can go to creepyclubpodcast.com and look for the meeting minutes for this episode. If you want to watch or read about the Song of Solomon, you're going to have to fetch your own Bible. Yep. They have them um, online now, so you're good. Yep. Uh, you, if you, while you're uh, looking up the Bible, uh, you can also rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes um, or whatever podcast app you prefer. Um, yes, yeah. and we we always appreciate it. I mean, we tease that we only accept. Yeah. You know. Oh, you know what? I reviews forgot. of that talk about how awesome we are, but we do truly appreciate your feedback and um, the generous benefactor is only kind of a joke. Yeah. Okay, so I forgot that we had a little update to my friend Claire's story, if you would remember the um, vibrating ghost. Do you remember that story? Where she found a, she opened the drawer and there were, or no, they were, uh, her friend had passed away and her and her son, her friend's son were going through her things, and then oh yeah, yeah, vibrating yeah. started happening, and they found yeah. So um, Claire got back to me and said a very belated thank you and happy new year to you both. Time, Thanks, Claire. Time got away with me as it won't do, but I've been meaning to check in and thank you for your kind words on the Halloween show. The recovery process is slow, and we just finished the legal chapter of this process. The killer received two consecutive life sentences. I'm hoping that the next time I see the inside of a courtroom, it's for her wedding. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm sorry. And she says, oh, and Heidi, my friend was 61. Our friendship confused a lot of people. Claire's around my age, and she's like early 30s or something. I don't think that's confusing, Claire. Just FYI, I had uh, my friend Judy I mentioned earlier in the podcast was 30 years my senior. Right. Yeah. Um, Her son is a year older than me, so finding the sex toy drawer was no big. Also, of a humorous note, in the 70s, she was in dental school and practicing casting dental impressions. You better believe she took a cast of her husband's penis. She kept it with his ashes and used to joke about the day her son found that. <laughs> love, <laughs> love and podcast joy to you both, Claire. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. That was awesome. So, yeah, hit everybody. Hit us up. We enjoy um, feedback. And thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope you join us next time. Meeting adjourned. See ya.
Wouldn't want to be ya. Uh...